The time factor is very important for us so we can begin our study and end within time. And uh, um, so much to give in limited time, it is so hard for me. Uh, that is the hardest thing for a pastor when you prepare so much and to give so much, then you are limited with time. But I hope you will bear with me. Uh, normally, what uh, whenever we study, I always repeat, I always repeat. So those who were not there, they are get on the board. And those who are here, it will be wonderful to refresh what we did last Lord's Day. So before we do that, may we seek God's face and wisdom for this hour. Let's pray. What a privilege, O oh Lord, that you're counted as worthy to see this day in our lives. So many people, oh God, wanted to see this day. We are here not because, Lord, we are better, but by your grace. Lord, as we sit under the authority of your word, the one who has penned this word and inspired this word will illuminate our mind and give us the heart to obey your word. Open our eyes and understanding. I thank you for each person, O oh God, even the weather is not favorable, but Lord, you brought your choices, people. And I want to thank you for each one. And we commit, Lord, our life and our time together in your loving hands. May we spend every second in the light of eternity so what we can get we may gain and glorify you. May the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, my rock, my redeemer, and our soon coming king. And all God's people say, Amen. Wonderful. We are looking into the word of God. You know, when we were in India, we always sang, but I don't know whether we can do that, but I will try. The best, this is how we did it, I just want to tell you. The best book to read is the Bible. The best book to read is the Bible. If you read it every day, it will help you on your way. Oh, the best book to read is the Bible. Amen. So, it's my heart's desire that if it is possible, we can all learn. And before we get into study, we can all lift the Bible up and say, best book read is the Bible. And that you can pass it on to your children. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we have been looking into the authority of God's word. Last Sunday, we began our study. Bible is the word of God. I want you to write down in your mind and memory never to be erased. Bible, behold, I bring life eternal. Bible is the word of God. And it is the word of truth because God who designed this word is a God of truth. God of truth, there is nothing lie in our God. And it claims to be the truth because God stands behind every word. God stands behind every word, authenticated. 
and lifelong warranty. It's a lifelong warranty. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure, tested, and refined, and found pure. When it says that, what it inspires us, Oh, test and see the Lord is good. And then it says, Prove me now. If God's word is truth, he's calling his followers, prove every word. God stands behind every word, friends, every word. Proverbs chapter, Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The word of the Lord is pure word, like silver, tried in furnace on the earth and purified seven times. Psalm 40 verse 8 says, the grass, uh, sorry, Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, grass withers and the flowers fades, but the word of God stands forever. Ever. And then Matthew 24, 35, Jesus' his own word, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Never pass away. And you know, Psalm 119, this is my, one of the favorite words. This is beautiful. Forever, O Lord, your word stands forever. Forever. Never outdated. Never outdated. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, a Bible is proved and it's the Holy Spirit spoke and man of God wrote. Wrote. So the scripture, so the believer's authority is the Bible. God's people's authority is God's word. Not papacy, not Washington, D.C., but God's word. That's our authority. That's our authority. You know, my friends, how many people were burned on the stake because they tell, they told, Bible is the authority, not the Pope. They were burned on the stake because they claim Bible is the authority, not the papacy. And beloved, that is our authority. And that authority we need to pass on to our children. And we, we saw last Lord's Day that 40 different men wrote this. And then it, um, they lived in different eras, 1400 B.C. through A.D. 90. And Bible was written in three languages, Aramaic, Hebrews, and Greek. And we saw that Genesis and uh, Exodus, Genesis, the book of beginning, you know, and uh, Exodus is the God's deliverance of God's people, Leviticus, the atonement, and the worship. Numbers is God's people's continually wander in the wilderness. And Deuteronomy chapter, and then Moses' great uh, discourse or, or message before he, the Lord took him to uh, heaven. And then we have, that is the five books of the Bible. So you, I, was, I hope you, rem- you memorize. I hope you memorize. How many people know all 39, 39 or 40, 66 books of the Bible? How many people know? Oh, you have a homework to do. You have a homework to do. And that is never too late. Never too late. So try to memorize. 
to try to memorize. Then we have a historical books, that is the 12 books of the Bible, that is Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and then we have Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. These are the 12 books of the history. And then we have a poetry. And the poetry was by Job, and you, last Sunday we saw that the suffering and the loyal trust of man who loved God. And I, I pointed out last Lord's Day that the grace of God doesn't exempt anybody from trials and temptations. Always remember that. The grace of God never exempts anyone. And I thank God the Lord counted me worthy to go through what I'm going through. It's wonderful how you look at How you look at Don't get into self-pity party and say, oh, me, me, me. No. Thank God that he's counted you worthy for going to that. It's wonderful. How your whole perspective will be changed, friends. Whole perspective. If you believe God of the Bible is a God of truth, if you believe God of the Bible is a sovereign God who has all authority, all power in heaven and on earth, if you believe that God, he knows the beginning and he knows the end, if God is an omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, he's all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing God, then... In our life, nothing comes by surprise. He designed it. He designs. He would keep us humble. He would purify. We would not see the dross in our own spiritual life until the sickness hits hard. And say, Lord, thank you. You know, uh, George Mathison, who wrote that hymn, um, Love That Will Not Let Me Go. He, he became a blind preacher of Scotland. When he became blind, his girlfriend left him. And he remained less rest of his life blind. But this is what he said. Lord, I never thank you for thorn. I always thank you for roses. And forgive me. I always thank God for roses. But he said, I never thank you for thorns. And I thank you for my thorns. That is the God of the Bible. So five books. And then we have a major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, and Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then we have uh, minor prophets like Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, all 12 minor prophet. Then we have a gospel, five, four books of the gospel, and that speaks about the life of Christ, the way of salvation, the beginning of Christianity, and uh, the spread of, uh, uh, then, then, then the principles of Christian living, all the letters, it divided by two, doctrines and duties. Always remember that. And then we have a God's plan for the future, that is the book of Revelation. So that's what we did last Lord's Day. Well, let's get into our study for today. So today we are going to consider, these are the facts, and I hope I've finished, but if not, then we'll continue next Lord's Day. I'm not rushing. I want to give enough time, friends. I want to give enough time so you understand the Bible, the Bible. There are three things I would like to consider in the Word of God. Number one, we will discuss the revelation, both natural revelation 
and the spiritual revelation, that would be the first point we are going to consider. The natural revelation and the spiritual revelation, that's how the Bible came. Secondly, we will look at the Bible, general information, instruction, content, and the themes of the Bible. These are the topics we are going to consider. And thirdly, we will look at the Bible's claim of inspiration being the very word of God. Having said that, remember last Lord's Day I gave you some kind of assignment. Remember what I did, what I asked you? 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. Who has memorized? Good. Go ahead. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. For correction. Wonderful. B plus. Wonderful. That's excellent. You tried your best. Wonderful. So, here we are. Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of, by, inspiration of God... And it's profitable for the doctrine where the men of God learn the ways of God in the Bible. It's a doctrine, teaching. And then it's reproof. reproof. And in Greek, reproof, reproof means conviction. The word of God convicts us. And this is one thing, my friends, I want you to remember when the pastor is preaching or any pastor, any preacher comes and preach, the spirit of the truth is here. And he will convict you from your wrongdoings. Do not postpone. When the Spirit of God convicts you, do not keep it for tomorrow or later on. Because that moment will never come back. When Holy Spirit convicts according to his word, it is for the reproof. Immediately bow before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry I was wrong and you are right. Please forgive me. Don't keep it up. So the spirit of the Bible is for reproof and then is correction. And then it is for the instruction for the righteous living. That is the Bible. That is the word of God. <clears throat> and we draw our authority from the word of God. Therefore, let us let the scripture speak for itself. Every pastor's responsibility is not the pastor speaks but it is his responsibility that the truth of God speaks to you. Pastor Marty will not convict you. If Pastor Marty convicts you, he will be out from the pulpit. But if the Holy Spirit convicts you, you will thank him. You will thank him. Because that is the word of truth. That is the word of truth. And then, you know, in Hebrews chapter 4, that the word of God is like a, Sword and that it, it, it divides and everything is wonderful. Okay, let's jump into revelation and inspiration and all these things. Okay, there are two categories of revelation, natural revelation and special revelation. Natural revelation and special revelation. Remember that. 
the definition god is the source of revelation remember write down god is the source of revelation god is the source of revelation while the inspiration is the process god used to give us a special revelation of the scripture let me say it again write down very important thing god is the source of revelation while the inspiration is the process god uses to give us special revelation that what he used this in special revelation to give us the bible okay so revelation by definition it is the act of god whereby he discloses to man what could otherwise be unknown that what god did that what exactly god did the act of revelation is the act of god whereby he discloses to man what would otherwise be unknown thus says the lord prophet says because they got the word from god remember i last lord day i told there are two functions the priest and the prophets the priests represented god's people to god remember that priest that's why Aaron had a 12 stone when he entered the holy of holies so he represent, he represented all tribe 12 tribes of israel priest represented man the people to god while the prophet represented god to people because he brought the word he brought the word and said thus says the lord so that is the two very important things inspiration is the process by which god has significant uh, uh, instigator to move man by the holy spirit to write the words of god god possess them god possess their mind god possess their thoughts god control them so whatever they said it was not theirs it was god You know when Paul writes, this is beside. But I'm 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 going into that, so you understand where I'm coming, where I'm coming from. In Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen, Paul says, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit of God." What does it mean? What does it mean? In Colossians chapter three, verse sixteen, Paul says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart richly." Okay. listen very carefully follow this thought paul says is a command be filled with the holy spirit colossians chapter 3 verse 16 paul says let the word of christ dwell in your heart richly let me put together when a man is angry he possesses with wrath anger and is controlled by anger you follow me do you follow me when the word of god dwells in your heart then word of god controls your everything that what paul is talking about being filled with the holy spirit Walk in the Spirit. What does it mean? Let the Word of God 
controls you. So when the word of God dwells in our heart, whatever we ask, the Lord gives. Because you know, you're not going to ask selfishly. Because the word of God lives in you. You will not think about your kingdom, but his kingdom. You will not think about your reputation, his reputation. You will not think about your glory, but his glory. Because the word of God dwells in your heart. So that's a command, my friends. That's a command. That's why we need to feed our mind with the word of God. When the word of God controls our mind, my friends, then the fruit of the Spirit automatically comes. The fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, because that's the outspring of what dwells in me. So here, then we have a natural revelation. The natural revelation, also called general, revela general revelation, get very thirsty, but dry. All the medication takes toll. <clears throat> okay, here we are. The natural revelation, also called general revelation, God revealing himself to man through creation and through conscious. Remember that. God revealed himself in creation. What comes to your mind when you think about creation? What verse is coming to your mind? Psalm number 19. Psalm number 19. Heaven declares the glory of God. Heaven declares the glory of God and everything in it speak forth of his majesty and his power. So God has revealed himself through creation. Well, and, and Romans chapter 1 verse 18 and 19 and 20 says very clearly, the wrath of God revealed to those who suppress the truth which God has made, God has made known to all of us through creation, through creation. And that is Romans chapter 1 verse 18 through 20. And through the conscious... Through creation, his invisible attributes, this refers specifically to are mentioned by the things that are made. God revealed himself. The creation declares or delivers unmistakable message of God's person. God's person. Creation speaks about God's person. Tell me, it's God who created everything. We are not evolved by monkey. Maybe those who invented, they must be, they must be evolved by monkey, but not we. Because we are created by creator. We are created by creator. It's wonderful. You know, Psalm number 19, verse 1 to 8. Psalm 94, verse 9. The one who has formed the ear, would he not hear us? What a powerful word. What a powerful word. Psalm 94, verse 9. 
the one who has formed the ear, would he not hear? Psalm 94 verse 9. And then in, uh, Paul was giving a speech to the heathens, Gentiles, and he was talking about God has created. Acts chapter 14 verse Verses uh, 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 15 through 17 and 17, chapter 17, verse 23 and 28. So by the things that he made, and secondly, his eternal power, his eternal power, that he is the creator who made all things, and we see around that God not only created, you know, but what he does? He sustains us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sustains, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. He has created, and he sustains us. You know, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Turn with me, beautiful verse. Colossians 1, 17, if you find, read loudly. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Yes, thank you, Pastor Marty. And then, you know, he, he is before all things. Ah, he is before all things. And everything was created by him. And he's the one who sustains everything by the word of his power. By word of his power. <coughs> And then Paul, uh, then God has created, uh, God has revealed himself through conscious. This is wonderful, friends. Wonderful, conscious. Um, turn with me to Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, please. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. God not only revealed himself in creation, but also he has revealed himself in conscience. You know, many people ask, how about the heathen will be judged because they don't have Bible? God revealed himself in conscience. Conscience. Conscience is self-judging faculty. Conscious is a self-judging faculty because God has written his law on man's heart. Man knows the basic standard of right and wrong. When he violates that standard, his conscience produces guilt, shame, doubt, warnings of threat to the soul's well-being. Conscious. God has given us conscience. 
That's why do not suppress the conscience. That's what the Roman, Paul writes in Romans chapter 1 verse 18. The wrath of God has revealed from heaven because they suppress God's truth. They ignore God's truth. When one ignores the God, God's truth, there is nothing left for that person. You cannot suppress the conscious over and over and over again. Then you will turn over for damnation or destruction. Very, very important. Let me say it again. God has written his law on man's heart. Even though they are hidden. In the New Testament, my friends. Look, Cyprus, Cyrus. He was a hidden king. But there was a desire in his heart that the building should be, the temple should be built. And he declared that God has given me this authority. Conscious. At Malta, those people, heathen people, and Paul and the sheep was there in Acts chapter 27, if you remember that, remember? And then Malta people shower grace on these people. There is something good in a conscience. They did it. They did it. And in Felix, Felix in the Old New Testament. So there are people who does good because of the conscience. There are people who suppress the conscience. Suppress the conscience. God has written his law in man's heart. So man knows the basic standard of right and wrong. Man knows the basic standard of right and wrong. When he violates that standard, the conscience produces guilt, shame, guilt, doubt. Turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 9. In the background, remember, the Pharisees, they brought this woman who was caught in the act of the adultery. And here Jesus, ask, they're asking Jesus, stone, let this woman be stoned to death. Jesus said, okay, make my day. Read someone, please read uh, John chapter 8, verse 9. Wonderful. They were convicted in their conscience. They were not Christians. They're convicted. There was a natural law in the heart of man. They were convicted. On the other hand, when a believer does God's will, he enjoys the affirmation, assurance, peace, joy of a good conscience. Good conscience. In Acts chapter 23, verse 1, Paul says, My conscience is clear before God. Is your conscience clear before God when you are sitting in the presence of God? Is your conscience clean before God? This is little inventory you have to do in your own heart and see. If your conscience convicts you, friends, don't wait for the next minute. Ask God to cleanse you right away. 
Otherwise, that guilt will build, 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 and then you suppress, 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 and sometimes the conscience will no more to guide you. But we have a Holy Spirit of God who overrules and controls us. But conscience is God-given faculty. To me, conscience is like a referee. Referee. What does the referee do in the game? When there is a fall, he whistle. Exactly conscience do in our system. Exactly he does in our system. So when conscious speaks, listen to that. Listen to that. Good conscious produces what you call satisfaction and everything else, I tell you. Now, There are questions I want to ask. How, how has God revealed himself to man? How has God revealed himself through man? Through creation. Through creation, God revealed himself in our hearts. Secondly, what does creation show us about God? What does creation show us about God? His invisible attributes. His invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature. What is the purpose of the natural and general revelation? What is the purpose of the general and natural revelation? What is the purpose? Pardon me? To, let me say it again. What is the purpose of the natural and general revelation? To cause man to search for the fuller revelation of God. Think about Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, then in Acts chapter 10, we have Cornelius. They had some kind of revelation. That led them to search. Ethiopian eunuch rode all the way to Jerusalem and he was going empty. The Lord who searches the heart saw this man's hunger and dispatched Philip and led him. And the church began in Ethiopia. Isn't it wonderful? Cornelius, devout. He was a Roman. He was a, a heathen. But whatever the knowledge he had, he always prayed and sought God. But he was still not knowing the truth. The Lord dispatched the angel and commanded him to ask, to, uh, to ask him to send for Peter. And everything was given. <coughs> and Peter came, and you know the rest of the story. That Cornelius in his household were filled with the spirit and also they were baptized. They were baptized. 
special revelation. The special revelation is God's revealing himself to man through miracles. God revealed himself through miracles, through signs, through dreams and visions. It is called theophanies, that is the appearance of God in tangible form. Through the prophets and the greatest prophet, Jesus Christ, and through the written words of God in the Bible. That is a special revelation. God revealed himself through, through miracles. Miracles authenticated God, his word, his power. Remember, Abraham, in chapter 17, verse 1, Abraham was childless and he was crying out. And the, the, the Bible says, and God revealed himself to Abraham. I am thy God. I am thy God. God revealed himself. Friends, God doesn't come and reveal uh, to us physically, but thank God he has given us his word. What a sure word. What a sure word. He revealed to Abraham because they did not have Bible, right? He revealed to Isaac in uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 26, verse 2, he revealed to Jacob in Genesis chapter 32, verse 30, to Moses at the burning bush, he revealed himself. He revealed himself through dreams and visions. Daniel, oh, these are the last days. These are the last days. The trumpet is about to sound and the dead about to rise. And those who are alive will caught up, up in the air. So we are all looking up, not undertaker, but upper taker. God revealed himself, dreams. And here Moses at the burning bush, dreams, Jacob's ladder and Daniel in vision. Through miraculous sign, flood, Genesis chapter 7. I have enough, Lord says. And Lord destroyed all except Noah's family. Noah's family. God, through miracles in plagues and Egypt, and God parting the Red Sea, that his, itself is a miracle. You know, something dawned on me this morning, you will laugh at me. Uh, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14, verse 24 and 25. Exodus chapter 14, verse 24 and 25. Exodus Chapter 14, verse 24 and 25, and read loudly. Exodus 14, 24, 25. And verse 24, 25? Yeah, for, yeah, just a minute, a second minute. And the Lord saw from heaven, right? That's the word? I, okay. And, 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 uh, and took off their chariots' wheels. Okay. So here the Lord 
from the cloud, pillar of fire and pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, he saw, he looked off chariots' will and the, the, the brave, the heavily, and it took off and uh, they were all the history. It dawned on me this morning, you know that? That God used the remote control. Yeah. God used remote control and the wheels went off from heaven. And they tried, more they tried, the more they drowned. <laughs> that is the God. So remember, God had used the remote control from heaven. And this is the first time he used in Exodus. It's wonderful. Through signs and wonders, God has revealed himself. And then we have the sufficiency of special revelation. The special revelation of God through his, through his written word, the Bible, goes beyond natural revelation. Bible is sufficient to lead one to salvation, but does not reveal everything about God to man. God's word is sufficient to convict and convert person. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm, Psalm 19 and verse, I believe, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The statutes of the Lord are right altogether. Wonderful. So, friends, the word of God is sufficient for salvation. The word of God is sufficient for sanctification. The word of God is sufficient to give us the hope for glorification. The word of God is sufficient. Do we need any extra biblical revelation to pump up in the church? My friends, God's word, listen to this, God's word do not need my help. God's word do not need my help. It, if I help God, then my God is not powerful. If I need, I, if I want to help God, do not play with God. Do not play with his word. Hebrews says our God is a consuming fire. Consuming fire. God's word is sufficient for everything. That's why every pastor's responsibility to release God's word. Let the word of God take over everything. You know, as a pastor over 42 years, I had only one desire every Sunday that when I finish, my people will go home with God and his word. That's my heart's desire. You know why? Because they can trust God. They can depend on his word. They can live by his word and be fruitful in their life. God's word is sufficient. No wonder Psalmist David wrote in Psalm 19, and I think verse 14, let the word of God, uh, what it says, may the word of God, uh, let's, let's look at that verse. Verse 14, Psalm 19, verse 14. 
May the, sorry. May the words of my mouth, this is the word. May the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, be acceptable in, your, in, in thy side. What he says that? If the law of the Lord is perfect, if the law of the Lord is all things, let the word of God controls my mind. May the, word, may, the, may the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, be acceptable, pleasing in your sight. That's the, that's the desire. When the word of God dwells in you. Word of God is sufficient. Word of God is sufficient. <clears throat> you know, that's why um, this verse I will finish now, because then we'll pick up next time, God willing. All scripture is God-breathed, is profitable for doctrine, reproof for correction and instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, what a powerful word. So that the man of God may be perfect. How can man of God be perfect? Through the word of God. You know, our heart is wicked, right? When our heart is brought in the presence of God's word, it's like a dirty water in a glass. If you bring it to the faucet and run the faucet, what happens? All the dirty waters get out. And once upon a time, the whole glass will be cleaned with water. Our heart is dirty. If the word of God is poured out in the heart, it will go out. And the word of God dwells in our heart richly. The word of God, our heart will richly. And then Paul writes that the man of God may be perfect. And in the Greek word is artios. What does it mean? Artios means, friends, complete, sufficient, completely qualified, thoroughly furnished unto good works. How can we have a good works when the word of God dwells in our heart? We will do good works. We will do good works. Well, my heart's desire for you and for me that the word of God dwells in our heart richly. Amen? Pastor Marty, it's all yours.